0: It's Carcon Carne. Let's eat in the car. It's Carcon Carne. And now here's the star of our show, James Van Asta. It's Carcon Carne here in quarantine, still sheltering in place at the end of August. Quarantine. Cone sponsored today by C&H Financial Services. C&H offers a variety of products, ranging from traditional merchant accounts to a zero-cost payment processing solution, which eliminates expenses tied to accepting credit cards. C&H also offers cost-effective commercial lending programs, which can help you get your business the money it needs to make it through these unprecedented times. To learn more, contact C&H Financial Services at 855-600-2437 Or go to chfs.us. My guest tonight, my guest right now, it is Matt Pace. He is an author. He is a writer. He is a longtime Chicagoan. And his new book comes out today. It's out today. Zach Morris lied 329 times, reassessing every ridiculous episode of Saved by the Bell with stats. This is like a crazy quixotic mission you underwent going through every episode of Saved by the Bells. not something you'd normally think an adult would sit down and do during the pandemic, but here we are.
1: Uh, Well, I take that as a compliment, James, and (laughs) you're right. It was, it was definitely a mission. It was the sort of idea that once it pops into your head, it's sort of just like, I have to do this. I, I need to know how many times Zach Morris lied because it was a lot. Clearly.
0: Saved by the Bell. Clinically, objectively speaking,
1: not a great TV show. (laughs) <laughs> well that was sort of part of my motivation for wanting to do this because I, I watched it so much as a kid as, as so many people did but I feel like it has this weird qualification of a show that's really beloved but if you ask a lot of those people if they thought it was good they'd probably be like nah not really but I love it anyways so it's it was trying nostalgia. to find try, yeah trying to understand why like what worked at the time and how that holds up. But if, if I can reveal this, James, you never watched it at all. No. Is that right?
0: Well, here's the thing. I didn't really, wa- really watch much TV period through the 20th century. I just didn't. I was never, I wasn't one of those guys who had a TV in his bedroom. Uh, TV was just never my thing. I loved movies. I, I read lots of comic books and books and listened to a shitload of music. I never watched a lot of television and I may have just been at that age where I was, too old and too cool, and too listening to Husker Du. By the time Saved by the Bell came out, <laughs> that it, that it just didn't. I, I missed it.
1: So, what so was it, your not having watched it? What was your sort of perception of this absurd cultural phenomenon? Not cultural phenomenon that even twenty six years after it went off the air, people are still talking
0: talking about. I mean, this still this strikes me as Nick Nick Junior or you know, the Disney Channel before those things existed. It, all ages, family-friendly sitcom. That's what this is. No continuity, as you point out in the book. Every episode's pretty much a standalone. And my my limited knowledge of it was
1: Screech, <laughs> and that was sort of. There were a lot of things that jumped out at me going back to this and watching it for this project. Definitely one I got to say. This is not to say anything about the actors as people, one way or the other. Dustin Diamond, very good comic timing. I don't think, I don't think he ever got much credit. Really? Some things were funnier on that show than they ever even should have been because of him.
0: Now, you interviewed a bunch of the cast members for the show. Dustin Diamond, uh, I, I'm sure you probably, that, that was your great white whale. You didn't get Dustin Diamond for the book.
1: Correct. Yes, I will decline to speculate one way or the other. I'm, I'm sure I'd be curious. I'd be curious what anyone that I didn't talk to would, I'd be curious what they would have to say about the book and, and just this type of reevaluation of the show.
0: If I were you and I'm not Matt Pace author of this new book that comes out today, uh, I would have said, listen, Dustin diamond. He hosted gathering of the juggalos. The least he could do is talk about his career on saved by the bell. If you've got him in front of ICP, he could do this. But I don't want to tell you your business.
1: Yeah. I mean, clearly you hacked my email and, and knew what type of pitch I was making the whole time.
0: So when you first brought this to my attention, I mean, my knowledge of Saved by the Bell is so limited that I didn't know the name Zach Morris. I I, I thought he was maybe a tobacco magnet or something like that. I didn't know. Um, but you, that was another great white you weren't able to get for this one. How hard yeah, did you I mean, try honestly- for that?
1: When I started reaching out to people, I had no concept of who would and and wouldn't be on board. So the fact that, I mean, I have an interview with Ed Alonzo, who played Max, who was in the opening credits in the first high school season, Uh, and I was able to speak with someone from the junior high episodes when the show was called Good Morning, Miss Bliss, a ton of people from when it was in the four years of high school, Uh, some folks that appeared in college, and representatives from... Uh, both of the movies wine style and uh, wedding in Las Vegas so I wanted to make sure I could at least check all those boxes I, I didn't think I was going to get all of the sort of the most the, the main cast necessarily but one of the many things that I think is astonishing about the longevity of Say by the Bell is there are just so many memorable supporting characters uh, whether it's some of the the main characters' parents, or people who were even on just one episode. I mean, Johnny. Say the name Johnny Dakota to so many people of a certain age group, and he was on one. That was a character in one episode of Say by the Bell, and so many people know about Johnny Dakota. All right, so I let, do have an interview with him in there.
0: Yes, I'll throw it back at you. What what is it about this show? If it's not if it's not a great show, maybe from a writing perspective. What is it? Why does it endure? Why Why does something this campy still exist the way it does in people's minds and, and hearts?
1: You know, I think I think you could probably argue that it was sort of the right thing at the right time. Um, you know, whether it's it's because it's interesting, you know, it, it didn't do a lot of the other things that that certain shows that you might lump it in with do. You know, I, I if you think about your, like Boy Meets World, which that was on, you know, Friday nights versus Say by the Vouchers on Saturday morning, that actually like, it had continuity. It actually, you felt like the characters knew what happened in their own lives. Um, but Say by the Bell, it didn't have that experience. So even as fans built up this affinity, this love for all these characters, we knew a lot more about them than they even knew about <laughs> themselves. There, there are like three consecutive episodes where it goes, Kelly can't sing, Kelly can sing, then Kelly can't sing again. It's like they were almost trying to upset people, but it, <laughs> it didn't matter. People loved it anyways. I certainly did at the time.
0: Yeah, there's no continuity. I mean, you mentioned it early in the book. Uh, the season, one of the seasons, maybe is the first or second season, it starts with prom night. Like, I mean, if, if we're talking about kids in school, that's not where you, you pick things up. You start in August or September. It's back to school.
1: The thing you have to recognize is that there was a dance every other week. There was a new girl in school every other day. I mean, they, they created their own universe. And, and I, should, I should reiterate, James, this book is a celebration. You know, I, I did this book because I, I, I liked this show. Uh, I wanted to see how it would look, um, reevaluating it as an adult. And yeah, there are some things that look pretty bad partly because times have changed a lot uh, since the late 80s, early 90s, and partly because this was bad stuff even then. Right. But it's pretty interesting to put numbers to it and, and see um, when Zach was actually a little bit more honest and with whom he was more honest and what that says about the relationships in a way that like, I gained new understanding of sort of why I like certain episodes, why one season was so much better than another, and certainly, this is a book for Save by the Bell fans, um, but I think this this type of uh, close look uh, seems like something that there are just so many people out there who shockingly still uh, care about it, uh, myself included. So that it was just a really fun thing to do.
0: And again, the book is Zach Morris lied 329 times, reassessing every ridiculous episode of Save by the Bell with stats. Those stats, you break down stats after each season, and then at the end of the book, I mean, you really... The, 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 here's something for the data nerds. I mean, you really parse through all the information, you, you break it all down. I, I kind of like the scientific approach you've taken to this. I mean, and you say from the beginning, I mean, you may not get it all right, or you may miss something, but it's kind of fun. I mean, it, it, I'm sure it made going through the episodes a little more intensive for you. You were a little more focused on them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's meant to be fun. You know, I, I think, I hope that it advances the conversation. Certainly, I'm not the first person to point out that Zach Morris is not the greatest person in the world. How many main characters from other TV shows have new shows made about them, about how they are trash? I mean, Zach Morris's trash has become an iconic show, and this sort of aims to take that exploration in, in a kind of the next step of that to actually put some numbers to it.
0: Uh, season two, episode three, the radio station episode. Uh, Zach is looking for a peephole in the girls' locker room. Not a good thing.
1: P- peepholes seem to have been a popular plot device uh, at a certain time in entertainment. And I think we all uh, know how that should be perceived now.
0: Now, my, my ignorance to the show, I didn't realize... The first season, they were in Indiana. the The one before it was called Saved by the Bell, and then they were just magically in Southern California when they kicked off the season. After that,
1: are you saying that you and two of your friends and your junior high principal didn't all move to the same place at the same time after eighth grade? I did. I mean, that's why I relate to the show so much. It's it's like watching my life on screen. I, I do appreciate just the they don't
0: gaf they the willing dismissal of any kind of threads or continuity are there any character arcs in the show
1: yes and no i mean i think a lot of people probably you know whether it's just just like ross and rachel type thing you know people think about say by the belly think about zach and kelly so it was one of the things i I like best i would say about this project was was looking closely at their relationship and and discovering things about their dynamic that I'd never seen so clearly uh, before, and and having the numbers about both in terms of the commentary uh, between them, what he says and doesn't say about her, uh, and also just the way that he is often more honest uh, with a couple other women that he had serious relationships with. Uh, that's where the numbers really became useful. And a lot of this book was about, I mean, I went in with a concept of I'm going to I'm going to rewatch the whole series. I'm going to count how many lies, and I'm going to figure out how to analyze it. But then I said, "Okay, I need to track what percentage of episodes he is treating women badly." I'm going to track how many episode and how many episodes uh, the show is being negative towards Jesse because when people think of Jesse Spano, she's the the voice of of morality most of the time. She's speaking up when when Slater says something, uh, a high percentage of his comments, Jesse says he's being a macho pig or something. You know, she's the feminist voice, but then Zachary Slater says something and there's a laugh track and it's like, well, maybe that message didn't land when people get to make a joke out of it. So again, this is a celebration, but also um, you can like something and, and celebrate it while also trying to advance the conversation about it too
0: couple of uh, questions slash comments on the Facebook live. Uh, Someone says, dude, or Clarissa Clarissa says, dude, I love this. I need this book. Available today, Amazon.com. Thank you.
1: Mm -hmm. Appreciate it. Go for it.
0: Athena asked a question I should have asked from the get-go. How long did it take you to do this? How long did it take you to watch all these episodes?
1: So the process of watching the episodes themselves was about six months, uh, and there are about it's like 118 episodes exactly, I think, and then if you add eight because the um, two movies are broken down into four episodes each on Hulu now, so I guess 126 episodes in six months, you know, you, you start and then you keep going until you're done. And then a few extra months for uh, – there are 24 interviews in the book. That's 22 cast members plus uh, – the co-founder of the Stay by the Max pop-up restaurant, which returned today actually, and carry out and delivery uh, for Chicago, New York, and LA. Uh, And also I spoke with Dashiell Driscoll, the uh, creator of Zach Morris's Trash, who's also hosting the new podcast, Zack to the Future, uh, (laughs) where Mark Paul Gossler is watching the series for the first time and they're doing an episode uh, oh wow. Of the podcast about every episode as as they watch it and review it together. So it was great to talk to Dashiell since since Zach Morris' trash has has just caught on so much. Um, and certainly uh, was in the back of my mind uh, before I started that. So it was great to to have his uh, input on this type of study.
0: You mentioned an episode in here which kind of blew my mind as we are in this heightened political season and. The DNC is wrapping up as we're recording this. The RNC is next week. There is an episode like a like a blind date dating game type scenario where the panelists are caricatures of Jason Voorhees and Freddy Krueger and Donald Trump. I, I forgot your exact language in the book, but it was something like OMG, if not OMG.
1: I tried not to write. A H H H H H H H H H too often but sometimes you sort of had to scream because even even things that you vaguely remembered watching as a kid are going to play differently now especially yeah that
0: crazy crazy And i mean it- there's
1: there's an episode where, where zach runs for student council president Steals be, the election lies, doesn't actually want to be the president. Jesse wants to be the president. She's far more qualified. And that, that be, that's something to watch now.
0: Would that be episode 13, Running
1: Zach? No, it's just that one's just called The Election.
0: Got it. Well, okay. Running Zach is one. Uh, here's what sucked me into your description. Ugh. I've been dreading this one. This, I think, speaks to your <laughs> comment earlier about how some things didn't or don't play well now and actually probably didn't play well back then either the, the, the was this the one with native americans
1: yes that was zach finding out about his native american heritage
0: some some stuff just probably shouldn't be in the in the repeat or uh, syndicated circuit
1: yeah you know and and so many episodes it was really interesting to look at the ones that just sort of felt like outliers because a lot of the times those wound up being fan favorites. I think, I mean, I, I still think about mystery weekend. Um, the one where they uh, Lisa wins a prize from a radio station. And they go to this mansion and they have to solve a, a murder mystery and everyone thinks that Zach is the murderer. Um, and shockingly enough, that is one of his um, I don't think he, he doesn't lie in that episode at all. Um, and, and that, that episode feels like a almost a totally different series, um, because it doesn't it doesn't take place at the high school. So so much of the show is just like grounded into Bayside that a lot of the times when they got out of there, whether it was Mystery Weekend or the Malibu Sands uh, Beach Club episodes, uh, it allowed us to sort of see different shades of the character. Even even uh, Stay by the Bell Hawaiian style, the first TV movie which has kind of a weird feel to it because it doesn't have a laugh track. And again, there's no continuity. So as new relationships form, it's like, isn't this awkward with Zach and Kelly? You guys have been dating on and off the entire time and you guys are meeting new people. It's like, it's fine. Okay, great. More power to you. But um, but the relationship between uh, Zach and um, Rena Sofer's character in that is... I'll just say it's surprising uh, for a lot of reasons and especially as part of uh, a study like this of trying to evaluate what type of person he is and how his character arc or life sort of unfolded based on the what the show forced on these people in a way. I, I write a lot about kind of what arguably would have been more interesting and satisfying to see develop. Um, I think, name the sitcom, and by the time it gets to the end, I think a lot of times, whether it's friends or how I met your mother or, or something like that, people are like, eh, maybe they should have wrapped it up a little sooner or, or chosen a few different ways to go. Um, but, you know, you got to bring the, the, the two main people just have to get together, clearly.
0: So you're spending six months going through each episode. What was the episode that you rewatched? That made you say, "Well, yeah, this is it. This is why I'm writing this book. I love this episode. This is this is quintessential Saved by the Bell. I love this one. This is the one I hold up for all to see."
1: That's a great question, James. I think I mean what comes to mind first is the drinking and driving episode, because you know I mentioned I mentioned that in the intro as one of the ones that that sticks out to me as a kid. Of you know when you're 11 years old or, or 10 years old or something, and you and you watch a, an episode of a show where the characters drink one beer. And the next day they're like, oh, I feel awful. I'm never drinking again. <laughs> you, you, you believe that maybe yeah. I did at the time. Um, and, and the show more often than not, didn't actually go for any type of moral lesson clearly because Zach is a pretty bad person most of the time. And you know he usually doesn't get away with it, but he also clearly just repeats himself almost every episode and his friends don't bail. Um, but the drinking and driving one is one of the very 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 few episodes that actually has like a sobering ending. It's it's still a Saturday morning, yeah, sitcom of sorts, but um, but it stands out as as feeling like because it's also it's one of the most dishonest episodes of the entire series, but if you're willing to take a lot of psychological lens to say by the bell, um, it's not hard to sort of see Zach flailing and, and look at it as a, as a, a good portrait of, of what's behind the bravado.
0: And for those who are just joining us on Facebook live, the new book out today on Amazon, Zach Morris lied 329 times reassessing every ridiculous episode of saved by the bell with stats and Oh yes, there are plenty of stats. Uh, you mentioned this. The the worst of all were the were the College Years,
1: which is which was sort of surprising to me because I remembered liking it at the time. I mean, Entertainment Weekly gave the College Years an F. I still remember that when when that was on. It was it lasted one season. It's almost surprising that the whole season even got to air um, because the notion of bringing Save by the Bell" to primetime. Um, seem absurd and and looking at it tonally. Um, it didn't work. But but I remember liking it for whatever reason. Again, maybe it's just the some you see something at the right point in your life to find it entertaining. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, but going Man. back to it and seeing Zach's behavior in those episodes and the ways that it, it steals from other episodes in the series or all kinds of troubling things happen. It's sort of the the scale of entertainment versus just appalling material is is not in its favor.
0: Well, and you said it. I mean, nostalgia is such a powerful thing. There, there's music I listen to that I know isn't great or doesn't really hold up in the present day, but because I listened to it at a certain time, it connected with me at certain moments. It will always have it, it. It's elevated just because of those connections, those emotional moments that I, I relate them to. And the same is true of television episodes, for sure. So that makes perfect sense to me.
1: Definitely. And I think, I don't, I don't know about you, but I, I think sometimes people, it can be hard to be objective about that material because you don't want to look at something that meant so much to you uh, at an early age and then say, oh, that actually isn't good or why did I like that? I. If I would have stumbled upon... Like a, a journal where I had written about my feelings about ev- every Say By The Bell episode when I was a kid, when I was watching it then, that would have been helpful because then that, that would have told me like what did I like about this at the time? How can <laughs> I cross reference now versus then? But I'm sure all of us, especially in this time with you know being at home so much, if you're you know if you're watching the Mighty Ducks on Disney Plus or something or you know old Muppet movies. There's something refreshing about going back to something that you know you used to love and returning to it and say, I feel the exact same way about it now. On that note, that was a little bit more complex than that in terms of feelings, but there's still stuff to like there for sure.
0: On that note, I can watch that first Muppet movie a thousand more times. I've probably seen it a thousand times today. To me, that still holds up. Fucking hate Doc Hopper, but I love that movie. (laughs) Uh, It's interesting, you know, there is passion there's clearly passion behind saved by the bell i mean just some of the comments uh, I'm, I'm seeing pouring in on facebook live i mean people these people watched it from the beginning until the end uh, athena follows up by saying college years for saved by the bell was them trying to keep going when the show was over it had its time i mean these people uh let's see there was another one uh zach got away with stuff because he was a cutie that's from Clarissa. <laughs>
1: That was something that came up in the interviews um, quite a few times is just the degree to which the show is sort of almost unintentionally showcasing white male privilege and especially um, for this attractive kid um, getting away with stuff and And the thing is, what's sort of astonishing and what I'd love to hear from someone, I mean, if you ever sit down and watch the whole thing you need to let me know what you think because I I would be curious how this strikes someone who had never seen it there's such a difference between you know being a a, just kind of a rascal of a character uh you know an anti-hero and someone who is actively cruel I mean Zach is (laughs) selfish and terrible and doing things that are actually hurtful and harmful and it's played for laughs and sometimes it winds up coming off innocent-ish or innocent enough that you can still enjoy it. But I find it hard to believe that that anyone could watch some of the things that he does now and not just truly be stunned that, that these episodes exist.
0: So as this book is out today, we have word that Saved by the Bell is getting new life on NBC's Peacock Network. Here we go. The show's being rebooted. I would imagine in the present day, there will be continuity. I imagine it'll probably line up more with today's television writing and directing standards, but uh, what do you know about it?
1: Yeah, I'd have to imagine. So, I mean, it's the, the showrunner is someone who was involved in 30 rock. I think anyone who's watched the trailers has felt a little bit of a 30 rock. It feels more like 30 rock than, than the original say by the bell. That's for sure. uh, At least as far as the trailers go, you know, you can only judge so much on a minute long clip, but of course they're making reference to Jesse's caffeine pill addiction. That's one of the most iconic episodes of the show by far. Um, And other little things like that. I, I personally would hope that they wouldn't spend too much time nodding to the original stuff because that to me, that's just, you know, that's a reference. And that's like, yep, I remember I watched the show, but it's like, we don't, we don't need another hot tub time machine where it's just like, Hey, in case you didn't know it's it's the eighties. Can you tell it's the eighties? Look how we're dressing. It's like, we know, you know, people didn't walk around in 1985 and say, I can't believe it's 1985.
0: Yeah. A little fan service goes a long way.
1: Yeah, I think so. But I mean, what I'm most interested in seeing for the reboot is how much they will sort of tweak the approach to the, the lovable character who is actually an awful friend and awful person. And I think, like you said, if they can just put a little bit of continuity there, um, which I think you can have a sense of humor about and sort of be just like, uh, uh, again, didn't we have this exact argument like last week? Exactly. Um, which, you know, the writers will probably get slightly more creative with it than that. But, but I think there's probably a way to, to keep it playful, keep a degree of the spirit of the original, but also, um, Take a new approach to it, and especially I mean Dashiell Driscoll, the, the creator of Zach Morris's Trash, is a writer on the reboot. So uh, you' got to think that that people like him will be able to really understand what did and didn't work uh, with the original show and, and make it something that that won't upset the original fans, but also not stay too close to the original either.
0: Uh, the book is really fun to read I, again i walked into it not as a fan but i appreciate the almost slavish meticulousness with which you approach this topic and the the just the the wide-eyed optimism of i'm going to go through this and find out what's great about it again i'm going to catalog everything i'm going to really get into this zach character uh and, and pick apart uh, all of his misdeeds and near misdeeds i it's a fun book to read. It's even for non-fans, and I think that's that's the goal. I mean, you want the fans will be there; they're gonna love that; they're gonna eat this up because this is their world. Uh, but for people like me, it's a blast to read. I, this is it's just a good pop culture book.
1: I appreciate that, man. I think you know the goal was to make it accessible for someone who didn't know anything, but also a really informative and useful, but also entertaining deep dive for people who knew everything. Uh, so yeah, that sounds great. I'm so glad that, that it worked for you, even though you, you didn't know anything about it. And now you can't wait to watch the whole series from the beginning. can't wait.
0: Can't wait. Sign me up. Uh, again, the book is Zach Morris lied 329 times reassessing every ridiculous episode of saved by the bell with stats. That's Matt pace. But before I let you go, because I know you as a pop culture junkie, and I think anyone listening or watching gets that sense as well. Jumping off from saved by the bell. Let's talk about TV. As we're recording this, we are still in the throes of COVID-19. We're still stuck at home all the time. Many of us have tapped out our Netflix, Hulu, Prime list, and we're, we're starved for stuff to watch. Hit me, hit us with a recommendation of a, of a show that you love that maybe we haven't seen. Wow, great question. I don't know
1: if I have any super obscure picks during this period. I've watching Brooklyn 99 like i think a lot of people have i finally got into unreal which i'd always heard was good um there's a series on netflix called love on the spectrum which is a dating i heard that's good um for for people on the uh, autism spectrum and and it is really good i'm a few episodes in and and we're really liking it see
0: this is why this is why i asked Uh you are Matt Pace. We will support your book. We'll thank you everyone for listening and watching. I am going to stop the Facebook Live, but thank you everyone for joining us. That's Matt. Say goodbye to him.